So you are at that point where you've got too more, too much work to do and you've got to make a decision now. Look, am I going to appoint someone to come and help me or am I going to outsource this to a virtual assistant? Now, in this new connected virtual world, I think it's become a lot more feasible and a lot more almost acceptable to make use of something like virtual services or virtual assistants. However, you've probably never done this before. It's going to be a new journey. And uh, you may be feeling a little bit unsure about where to start, what to consider, and who you can approach. So it, in my little experience that I've got with this, uh, virtual assistance offers a lot of benefits, but it also may very well be not for you or your business. So today we discuss all those important aspects that you must be uh, considering when you want to make use of a virtual assistant. And we share some practical examples of what works well and what does not. So let's get into today's show. This is Propulsion, the podcast for forward-thinking and driven and ambitious financial planning professionals. It is the catalyst to the exponential growth of your financial planning practice, your business, or your franchise. Uh, this is where professionals come in order to learn about the latest technology, to learn about best practice when it comes to running and managing their business, as well as marketing, sales, relationship building, the best and most valuable interviews with local and international guests, and a whole host of other things. Without any further ado, here is your host, François de Toy. I'm going to introduce you to Henry Walton who last night for a moment was Watson. I don't know how I made that mistake. Luckily, I picked it up before he could pick it up. But uh, Henry, warm welcome to Propulsion Live this morning. How you doing? You could have got away with getting my name wrong. I would never have known. <laughs> no, I just, I don't know why. Like I, when I read through the description, I went, but somewhere I'm sure I wrote Watson because I, it was Walton in my description. But then I was like, so I go back and in the title, it says like the title and goes featuring Henry Watson. But the thumbnail was right. The description was right. Everything was right. So I don't know why that happened. It's got a good, it's got a good ring to it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it does work. Eh? And it does sound like, you know, you know, Mr. Uh, Sherlock. So exactly. that's all good. <laughs> anyway, just a warm welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, you're joining all the way from Cyprus. So I think it's a little bit earlier there than it is. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Is it later? Oh, fantastic. No, I've, I felt bad for making you get up now. I don't feel bad anymore. So uh, that's good. Um, Henry, uh, Henry is the founder of uh, A Virtual and Prime Pixels, which is two companies we'll be talking about this morning. And uh, we'll get a little bit into the story later on, but I want to jump right into, into sort of when we talk about things like we've been talking on this show a lot about outsourcing. And I've been encouraging people to say, look, I mean, you're going to get to a point where you feel like there's too much work for you, but you can't either one afford to appoint somebody um, uh, like on a permanent basis, or you may be in a situation where you, you, you just don't have enough work for such a person. So there's too much work just for you, but there's not enough work to keep somebody busy full time. And that is usually a sort of a clear indication. Um, but because of those conversations, obviously what comes up in South Africa specifically is like, but where do I find a virtual assistant and what do we do, et cetera, et cetera. So that's sort of what we want to get into today. But my first question to you is like, when does outsourcing make sense? And, and, and on that question, I want to ask you like, you know, who is it really for? Because is this for everybody or is this for just for certain people? That's no, a really good question. I mean, in some ways, even the term is slightly problematic, right? Because, um, you know, 
three, four years ago, five years ago. I mean, outsourcing as a term would be used for larger companies. Um, and it was, a, I guess, a little bit of a dirty word uh, as well sometimes. You know, it was synonymous with poor quality. Um, but in reality, small business, uh, small businesses, sole entrepreneurs have outsourced all the time. They just use freelancers. Um, so I think, you know, who is it for? When is it for? I mean, it is... Um, for every type of business and it really i think you nailed nailed it on the head we said when things are, are finding too much i mean you've got to look at a, a finding a solution for that and your solutions are hire someone in-house get freelancers or outsource um you know for want of a better word to a, to a different company um and then i think you know depending on uh, the stage that your business is at, the role, um, how much you value flexibility, how diverse the role is. I think we find a lot of the time, a lot of the clients that come to us, the reason why they outsource elements of the work is it's generally not one person. And hiring one person in-house is very expensive. And they, let's say a virtual assistant or marketing manager, as an example, you know, it's very rare that they're good at really good at all the things that you need um so in this you know the stages that most businesses are at and especially in kind of uncertain times flexibility is probably valued above all else so when you can provide you know flexibility to companies but exceptional services across a you know a, a range of different roles you're providing something that isn't actually uh, achievable anywhere else you can't get it with uh, freelancers in the same way you can't get it in-house so um yeah when you when you have a, a range of different needs when the budget's tight and you value flexibility and there's some uncertainty then it's a it, it's a very very good way to go yeah and it's i mean you make me now think i never even thought about this is that it's it's often if you want to i mean i'm i'm sitting with with similar things where there's actually a range of things that needs to be done, but typically those things are done by one person. So not all of them, like each thing that needs to be done is done by a person and uh, you can't employ for all of them. And uh, you need a diverse range of things like whether it's marketing or editing or whether it's like whatever it might be. Um, but if you look at something like outsourcing this to a virtual assistant like yours, obviously, um, then you are able to get access to, to different people, you know, and you have flexibility because you can up your hours, you can down your hours, you, you know, you can reduce your hours, you can you can do all sorts of things, and and you can use different things at different times. Um, so, so which I think is quite important. Uh, just which areas of a business, Henry, is really the best to outsource? If I'm a small business, right? Because that's what you guys also focus on. If I've got it right, you you focus on the small business. Like, which areas have you seen are probably the first ones that people start outsourcing and if i say outsource i mean to a virtual assistant of of some sort um and and which ones are probably the best to to start outsourcing when, when you haven't done this before sure, sure. so um ad administration is obviously the the big one and and this is sometimes low level administration but actually a lot of the time it's client interfacing as well so we have a lot of entrepreneurs where they get a virtual assistant and the virtual assistant will do kind of remote front of house um, they'll do client onboarding they'll interact with the clients in uh, a way that possibly the, the company owner doesn't need to um, customer service customer support is a, is a big one as well 
social media is a huge one. So, um, yeah, I mean, mar marketing and administration are the two big ones. And just a quick one, I think when we talk in, internally in our company, when we talk about virtual assistants, we actually, it, it's very hard to uh, say the difference, but it's actually, we always talk about virtual assistants as in the kind of not a person as in a range of activities. Um, because I think sometimes, again, even the term virtual assistant, we tend to use executive assistants just because of the type of people that we have is kind of synonymous with this person that perhaps isn't, you know, hasn't got much experience or hasn't got particular skills in a certain area. And for us, that's not, that's not true. There is definitely the lower end of kind of admin administration, but it's, um, yeah, not, not that so much for us. Yeah. And I mean, obviously there's like, it's always just like, what are the things that work well and where do we go and where should we start, et cetera. And, and I take your point, it's about virtual assistants and not virtual assistants. Um, so, or the person, it's about the services that you can deliver virtually and the support that you can deliver virtually. Um, just before, I want to talk a little bit about the pitfalls, but before we do that, I want to just, just quickly, the, the background of, of a virtual, right? So um, when did this start and how did this start? So because I just want to give people a sense of how long you guys have been around and, and that you're coming from a place of like, look, I mean, we've been doing this now for a while uh, before we get into, into the pitfalls thing. Sure. So we've been around for seven, eight years, probably um, one of the top two or three uh, providers uh, in, for the UK uh, market. But also, I think as a recruiter in South Africa for virtual assistants, we employ over 300 people at the moment. We've done it for a, a long time. Um, it was started, I guess, like most a lot of businesses because um, we've run a few businesses and had large businesses before. And we've always needed this solution. And it's not out there. You know, we spend a lot of time on Upwork, uh, trying to find good people getting hiring people trying to get those um you know those people to work well together it wasn't there um and obviously you can go and and find um you know perhaps a virtual assistant to help with some admin or some personal admin but they typically didn't have the structure around them like hr client service wellness programs peer-to-peer -peer support training uh they hadn't gone through a serious vetting process so even the kind of vetting part you know was was time intensive when you're trying to do a whole lot of other stuff so um, you know, we thought, well, why not do it ourselves? And it it started off really like that, and then it snowballed uh, pretty quickly. A virtual um, became, you know, became market leader pretty quickly. Uh, we started Prime Pixels, the marketing arm of that, about two years later. That grew uh, over the last twenty four months has grown exceptionally quickly. Um, we've got a you know a, a really great internal team. Um, so great managers. Our chairman, uh, Andrew Valentine, was the owner of Streetcar that sold to Zipcar um, in the US. Very experienced in, in terms of growing and then scaling uh, companies. So I, we, you know, there are lots of, I guess, smaller uh, companies out there um, and boutique companies. But there's, you know, we're pretty ambitious in what we're trying to do, uh, the scale of it, but also our, um, you know, our obsession with with quality, um, you know, I think really sets us apart. Yeah. Um, so, so in this journey, and it's, it's actually great to know that you weren't one of those companies that started during, uh, you know, the pandemic and lockdowns and all sorts of things, because there suddenly was a need. 
you've been doing this a long time before the pandemic was even a thought uh, or even anybody knew it was coming or it was going to happen. So in this time, you know, from the time that you started up till now, I mean, what are some of the pitfalls that that one should look out for? Um, because like, I mean, surely there's, there's certain things that you, you think you get a virtual assistant probably, and it's just going to work. Um, you know, so what are some of the things that you see like, maybe then this is not such a good, good idea for, for someone. So I think support structure around the virtual assistant or around the remote employees is incredibly important. Um, we put a, have put a huge amount of work into our culture, remote culture. We've been fully remote for the last five years. Um, and it takes a lot of work and effort and passion and the right values um, to keep a remote workforce engaged and productive and happy. Um, and ultimately, this model doesn't work if you have staff that really don't genuinely care about their clients. So I think one is looking at the infrastructure around the resource is incredibly important. Things do go wrong. People get sick. People you know, change, maybe they get another job um, and having that structure around them so that the service that you provide to the clients is always inter in, un uninterrupted is hugely important. Um, you know, also things like IT support, you know, we in some ways for the remote employees of the remote resources, we act as a kind of payroll facilitator, HR facilitator, IT support facilitator, so that you don't have to have any of those annoyances with kind of managing someone or recruiting someone or sorting someone out when they've got issues so that infrastructure is hugely important personality fit is almost number one um, and it's a hard thing to get right and we always laugh with clients when we we chat to them and say you know right we're going to match you up with uh, the right person because it's very hard to explain and i think you only really get that from experience we've placed over 2,000 people in small businesses over the last seven years. We've spoken thousands and thousands of businesses at different stages and personalities. Um, if you get the personality fit right, you can always get over the kind of, you know, the bumps in the road. And there are bumps. You know, it's not, it's not flawless. We're dealing with people here. Um, so you have to invest in those people. And just because it's remote, it's not, you know, it's not a robot. It's not something that is um, disconnected from your business. So we spend a lot of time with our clients, helping them to understand how to bring remote people into their company and how to work with them. Um, so, yeah, when you get the personality fit right, everything else is is much, much easier. If you get that wrong, it goes wrong very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, if you think about how do you treat a virtual assistant? You know, I'm, I'm talking about manners and treating them well and being courteous and, you know, but I mean, like, do you treat them as, as a, a service provider or do you treat them like you would an employee or like, what is, what is that dynamic like? You ask me how should you or how do <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, no, yeah, no. Okay. So, I mean, we, we can talk about how do people, but, but also how should, if you want this to work well, you know, what is the what is the best way? Like, do you treat them just as, oh, they're outside and, you know, I'm paying you and you got a versus somebody that works for you, part of your culture, your values, uh, all of those kind of things? Like, what so is the... When, as soon as we give, we provide someone and we match them up, we always say to people, this person's now part of your team. They're part of your company. Um, and if you want to maximize their potential, 
um, you have you have to do that. Um, you bring them into your stand-ups, you bring them into your cultural initiatives. That's you always get the um, the, the the best best results that way. It's actually nicer for the clients as well. It's a, quite a strange thing to have someone at the you know on a end of a you know digital screen that you don't want to have a conversation with or you don't want to you know you're not happy to spend even just five minutes a week with. It's not going to work well. So they're an employee. Um, they are a, a, an employee on a flexible contract and on hours that you can scale up and down and with a whole load of added benefits that you don't normally get. But they're, they're an employee. Um, and I think when people get that right, they become uber reliant on them. And often they go through this transformation where it's like, oh, and then kind of the relationship opens up on both sides and they become absolutely pivotal to that, that business. And 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 then I mean, does that then also lead to to people typically giving more? Obviously, I mean, if I if I can sort of uh, you know assume from what you're saying is that because of that reliance, now I give more and more things to that person to do or to a service provider such as you, because maybe my 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 person that I work with isn't focusing or, or specialized in a um, specific area, but there's somebody else that maybe and then. Typically, you start using more of this, but also, is there is there a point where where people would go like, okay, now there's enough. I'm going to stop using the virtual services and then rather employ someone. Um, does that happen? How often does that happen? It happens. So we have uh, something called a buyout, where the uh, clients essentially take the resource off and employ them directly. It happens once every three months, and we've got over 300 clients on retainer, so not not that much. Um, we are thinking of one client, and he won't mind me talking about him because he talks about us a lot, um, but a guy called Derek Notman in the States, uh, who's a quite influential IFA. And he came, I remember he came into us maybe three years ago on a 15-hour social media package, very dubious, you know, oh, I don't know. But he knew, he was in the States, he knew Cape Town, he loved Cape Town, and he's been with us for about three years um, and has you know, that 15 hours at times has gone to the equivalent of kind of multiple full-time people and uses it for every aspect of, of his business. Um, he's talked a lot about, you know, that kind of journey, that flexibility. So, yeah, it, it grows. That's part of, um, you know, that's part of it. Um, yeah, I think the other thing is um, when, when people get the benefit, they typically um, don't want to lose the benefits of flexibility and agility. Like that doesn't normally go away in business, right? So there's very there's very few times where someone goes, "Oh, we've got to now take this person in house," but it does happen occasionally. Okay, um, and then so if you really want to communicate well with somebody virtually, I mean, I feel like often. So, so I've got I've got two employees in my business. Uh, they're both well. One is my wife, and one is my daughter. Um, so my wife just sits right next to me or just in the next room, but my daughter is over the other side of Joburg. So, um, you know, I, I often find it frustrating to go, not to talk to my daughter. She's awesome, but to go on a zoom call book time and, and have, you know, sort of these virtual meetings to convey what we need to do. Uh, is that the only way that one can communicate or, or what is the most effective way to communicate with a team that's, that's virtual? Um, because I think we, we all zoomed out. We all tired of teams and all these kind of things. And that's why we enjoy the convention so much. But but 
what works best? Like, what is the most efficient way? I mean, obviously there's also, and I'll talk a little bit about when you start, but there's a time that it'll take to get to know one another. But once you do, what's the most effective ways you found to to communicate and 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 go back and forth? It might not be the most enjoyable, but you said efficient. It is the most efficient way. Uh, and I think especially for the types of things that we focus on and the types of things that typically people use uh, virtual assistants or remote social media managers, you know, for, um, I think if you need to do very high level creative or strategic thinking, yeah, it's very hard to replace that getting in a room together and getting the whiteboard up. And, um, but for the type of things that we do and efficiency, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's Zoom uh, calls, emails uh the normal 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 thing there's we try and encourage people to to have calls and not just do everything on email um or or on whatsapp um so we still do do try and encourage at least once a once a week you know even if sometimes the client doesn't want to it can be quite easy to just to keep firing stuff off sometimes but you know jump on a call connect do an icebreaker talk about, you know, how's life going and, you know, then maybe look over the tasks and the activities for the week or the next week. Um, yeah, but in this business, it's it's remote. And so for us, that's definitely in, in terms of saving time and efficiency, that's the best way. Yeah, cool. Then just around the services. So I think you can sort of split services into maybe into two categories. Um, I'm not talk about the types of services, but if you look at them overall about how people think about virtual assistants is that there's the things, the standard things that comes to mind. And I think we mentioned some of them, but if we can maybe just like, what are the most prominent things again for, for people that they outsource specifically when they start off? Because I think a lot of the people watching today uh, and they'll watch the recording is like considering to do this. It's not something they're already doing. So, so what are some of the first things and the, the standard things almost that that would do? And then, I want to know about things that's fantastic for for virtual assistants and it's perfect for that, but people typically don't think about those. Sure. So the obvious ones are financial admin. And so, you know, invoicing, debt chasing, um, with programs like Xero and Receipt Bank or or whatnot, CRM management, um, Client onboarding, calendar management, email management, um, you know, client client service and kind of escalation of, of client inquiries or client issues. Those are probably the, the main ones. And then there's also a lot of within administration, there's a lot of project management as well. So for people that are doing uh, perhaps events and need, you know, there's a two, three month build up. There's a lot of project management around the admin and logistics of that, whether it's dealing with suppliers or uh, travel booking. So that's probably the, the main stuff on uh, the virtual, assist, uh, virtual assistant side. And then social media management, um, posting, content creation. And interestingly, I think when people think about virtual assistants, they do tend towards, to veer towards the admin part. But really what we're talking about here is remote roles and flexibility and being able to kind of tack into a whole bunch of different services. Um, so for IFAs and for business coaches of, of who we work with a lot, uh, LinkedIn is often a really, really big one. So everyone knows that they should be producing content and networking. 
it's hard. It's a lot of time. And to do it effectively, again, it takes a few people. Um, you know, to get LinkedIn campaigns working, it's not really one person. It's not a virtual assistant. It's You've got to have someone that can strategize it. You've got to have someone that can write really great copy. You've got to have someone that can actually design the ads. If you want to do in-mail, you know, you've got to have someone that understands paid. It's three or four people. Um, so those are the those are the main ones. And I think often people start thinking about admin and then, yeah, that we need that. And then often kind of segue into a lot of the, the marketing uh, aspects as well. And and what are some of the things? So I mean, so yes, there's the social media thing, and I, I agree with you. Like when I thought about this, it was all because I've got a pain as far as admin and certain things around that goes. Right, so it's taking my time away from things that I should really be focusing on. Social media for a lot of people still today is like oh, it's a nice to have. I'll do it one day. I'll get there. So it's not the first thing that they would probably think of. Although this is perfect for that. What other kind of things are there that that possibly people are not like? This will be great to 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 use a, a virtual support system or or service to to do certain awesome things that you might not be be thinking about. So another big one, and I think we we pride ourselves on this is our sales team. We have an exceptional sales team. Um, typically, when we get a lead, we call that lead within about seven seconds. And when we've done mystery shopping around other partners. You can submit a lead and you might not hear back for two days and then you get a proposal another day later. Um, and the reason why we're you know, so good at that, I think, is because it's a competitive market, but it's the same in every market. You can't afford to sit on leads. And typically with solo entrepreneurs, we all like the creative ideas and we like getting that stuff done and, and we want the business, but tend not to be very good often at sales or sales admin. So there's nothing that can replace the company owner or founder, you know, doing a call and building that relationship and doing the sale. But the the admin around it, if you haven't got automated workflows in a sales CRM like HubSpot or Infusionsoft and Salesforce, there's a lot of admin, sales admin of chasing up, following up. You know, that that sales call is not done in a call. It's done on that kind of nurturing um around the leads that can that can take a lot and typically it's not something that people enjoy at all so sales admin i would say is another another great role yeah that's something i would never have thought of um so thanks for that Henry. then i want to go into a bit of a quick fire round uh there's four questions i want to ask you right oh. and it's like uh in the best shortest way that you can answer these questions uh one words are not allowed but you are allowed to use maybe two or three sentences. <laughs> so, uh, I, did not, I did not prepare you for this. So, okay. right, <laughs> so, so, so let's go. This, this is all about, I, I want to go a little bit of a deep dive on virtual assistant. So there's a couple of questions I want to ask you. So I'm, I'm confident you've, you've got this. So the first question is, what makes a great virtual assistant? Uh, proactivity, organization, uh, and communication, those three. Awesome. Then what skills and qualities are important? <laughs> Proactive. <Not> the same. <laughs> Your communicator. Uh, personable uh, yeah. as well um, and interested. Mm. Very important. Um, and then this is a big one. Like how do I match with the right person? So if I, if I come to a virtual, I speak to you, I speak to Kristen, whoever I speak to, and um, – I say this is my need. How do you? How do? 
whose responsibility is it and how do I match with the right person? Maybe that's going to be a bit of a longer answer. So one, trust the company that you're working with because they will have done this far more than you have. Again, we've done it for you know 2,000 people. You might have done it once. Um, and then interview them. It sounds like a simple thing, but often people will go, okay, I'm not, you know, interview them, make sure that you're happy with them, ask them questions about their background. And um, yeah, so like you would with any employee. Awesome. Then uh, who manages this person, this virtual assistant or virtual assistance team then, if you will? Uh, you do. They, they are part of your company um, just for a set number of hours per month. But they are also managed internally by our organization. So we have an HR department, client services department. They sit in pods with the pod leader. Um, but yeah, they're, they're your employee and, and you manage them how you, how you want. Yeah, awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about iVirtual specifically now. Um, tell us a little bit, Henry, how, how does your services work? Um, I mean, do you offer services? I mean, Derek Notman is a, is, that's how I got onto you, as I said earlier. Oh, yeah. um, he introduced me. I contacted Derek, um, I know him. And uh, I know we've chatted about this. He was on my podcast uh, before we had this show. Um, and and I reached out to him to say, like, look, look, I'm looking for people. Like, who do you use? And then he put me in touch uh, with you guys because I know he always goes on about his team in Cape Town, his team in Cape Town. So, uh, And that's the important thing I think for everybody on the call to understand as well that uh, the people that work for this is based in South Africa. They're not, you know, maybe a UK based business but but the team is based actually in south africa um so just a little bit how does your services work um and then we'll, we'll ask you some more questions around that sure. so um very simply i mean we have a short-term retainers and they're set by a certain number of hours per month so average sign-on package for us is about 25 hours a month and that's the time that you get of your your virtual assistant you know once um uh, monthly you can uh upgrade or downgrade the package at any time um so let's say for example you're two weeks in and you're throwing loads of work at your virtual assistant and you've run out of time you can either early renew the package so the package just starts again and the renewal date changes um, you can upgrade the amount of hours uh, if you needed to you could also downgrade the amount of hours and then we also do add-ons as well so maybe once you know every three months you might need to kind of do a top up it's almost like a mobile phone kind of company with bundles um full transparency in terms of how time is spent so we use a, a program called harvest for time tracking and um, so you can get a timesheet uh, daily if you wanted or weekly or monthly um and out of your plan you can also access uh, other services across the organization so Let's say, for example, you're working with your virtual assistant and they've got their monthly items that's ticking along and always happening, but then you need a, a lead magnet created. So you can chat to your virtual assistant and go, right, I've got this idea. I've got a loose you know, vision of what I want it to be. Um, they can introduce you to the creative team and you can work with the copywriters out of your existing, uh, existing plan. Yeah. Don't do any long-term retainers. So uh, month one, instant cancellation, and month two, and on 30 days notice. Cool. And then, um, I mean, any guarantees and, and maybe SLAs and, and kind of things like, I mean, because I know just from my experience in the last two weeks um, specifically is like you guys are phenomenal on following up and, and you know, you're very responsive. You're not, you're not pushy. You, you're very, um, what's the right word? Sorry, my English is escaping me in a second, but 
um, generous is not the word, the, the um, courteous, uh, et cetera. So, so the way in which I've experienced you in the short period of time um, has been phenomenal. But I mean, do you offer guarantees? What are your SLAs? Um, and then a big question around, I, I think, but I'll get into that. Let me, let me first stop there. There's one other sure. big question I want to ask you. It's a really good question. I mean, so a virtual in month one, we do offer money back guarantee. So if you were really not happy um, at all with the service, then you can cancel it immediately in money back guarantee. Um, typically, that never happens. What occasionally happens is that someone might, after a while, decide that it's not the right person. And the needs don't go away, but we can replace that uh, person at no, no charge. Um, and we cover all of the onboarding training. And we can normally do that within 48 hours. In terms of SLAs and kind of guarantees of you know response times, it's really hard because we've got clients that go from 10, 15 hours a month to some larger companies that have the equivalent of kind of multiple um, uh, full-time people with us. But typically, um, you know, even though you're your VA is not working for you full time, you can normally expect a response from them, again, depending on the size package, within an hour or two. They might not be able to get to the task right there and then because they've got other clients and they're not your resource full time. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, within an hour or two, and then they'll let you know when the task will be done. And again, this is why we're so big on communication, um, that if you get that right, then the rest of it's very easy. Other things um, we do, we have something called 10% rule. So a lot of this is cultural. So rather than um, trying to get, you know, going off saying, okay, I'm going to go and do this job. I'm going to go and spend five hours of your time or your budget on this job and get it wrong. If you're unsure, get on a call. If you're still unsure, do 10% of the work. Check, you know, am I on the right line? And then finish it. So a lot of it comes from the training and support that, that we provide. And then otherwise, I mean, it's down to our recruitment, it's down to our history, it's down to the fact we don't do long-term retainers, and not having long-term retainers is honestly one of the, the biggest uh, incentives for quality, because you've yeah. just got to be good. Uh, and if you're good, clients stay, and if you're not good, they go, and they go quickly. Yeah, uh, I fully agree with that. Um, I'm not going to get into a story now, but but there's stuff that I've experienced before where it's exactly that. Like, if it's my internet service provider, for example, I've been with for 11 years, 12 years now, and it's month to month from day one. Uh, the others where I've been before, where it was 24 months, 36 months, I all left them all. And I all oh, left yeah. with a bit of taste in my mouth. Um, you know, so so these, these short-term things, I think, do work better. Then um, just quickly, what about information, confidentiality, privacy, Poppy, GDPR, all these kind of things um, is that because I think that's any financial advisor's main concern. They are so concerned about Poppy and stressed that somebody's going to see the info, use the info, or their clients' info, whatever it may be. So yeah. How do you so um, obviously, adhere to Poppy in, in the in South Africa and GDPR in in the UK. Um, we often sign NDAs with our with our clients as well if they want us to. I mean, it's the same with all of our clients. It always has been that privacy is of utmost importance. We don't own any of the data or keep any of the of the data at all. Um, so even you know when a client leaves, it's all uh, all of the data is transitioned back to to the client. Um, some clients are, are more demanding on others in terms of what they want us to do and to sign. Um, and that's fine. Uh, you know, we, we're giving you the, the resource. So we need to fit in with, you know, your expectations. And uh, if there's other things that we might need to sign or agree upon, then that's, that's not a problem either. Yeah. 
So how does one get started, Henry? If someone's interested to learn more to see if this is a good fit for them, how can they get started? So firstly, I'm really, you know, thanks so much about the the compliments on the, you know, our processes or experience so far. I mean, we really uh, do try very hard. Um, the first part, I mean, is we call it a sales call. It's not really, it's a consultation. Um, you know, let's have a chat. Let's make sure that it's the right time that we can deliver on what you want and that we've got the right people. And so really, yeah, the first um, first port of call and you can, you know, you can share my email address. Very happy for people to contact me directly. I can bring an account director in and, and I'll jump on a call with them as well. I think especially for your for type things like this, I'm very happy to put my time in and to make, you know, make sure people are being looked after. Awesome. Good stuff. So I've got the website address on the screen as well. I'll also link it down below in the description. So avirtual.co.uk. I'll also link uh, to Prime Pixels, which is more the social media marketing and all that kind of stuff. So there's awesome services that they deliver there as well. And then I'm happy to also uh, share with you that uh, Henry and his team has agreed to offer 15% discount to Propulsion Pro members. So uh, if you are a Propulsion Pro member, the standard rates less 15% uh, for the first 12 months, uh, as far as I've got that, Henry. So so thank you very much for for offering that. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're a great bunch of people. Uh, they're good people to work with. Um, we apply the uh, rule six of the All Blacks 10 rules. I won't share what that is, but we apply rule six. So if somebody wants to go and look that up. Um, but uh, yeah, so so a great bunch of people. Um, so yeah, but thank you very much for your time this morning. I really appreciate it. There's some great insights and a good starting point for anybody who is considering this and looking for a solution. And uh, yeah, just any final final words from you? Uh, no, just thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I think you do a terrific job uh, on this. It's it's very inspiring. So, yeah, good job. Thank you very much, Henry. Have a good time and we'll chat soon. Cool. Take care. Thanks, man. Righty. So I hope that you enjoyed this morning's session. And uh, remember, if you're a Propulsion Pro member, you get 15% off on the rates and they are very affordable. Trust me, they are extremely affordable. It's crazy. Uh, it's definitely worthwhile checking out. And the flexibility that comes with this is the big, big thing for me as well. Uh, not just from a, how much time or how much money you spend in a month with them, but also the different services that you can use uh, and things and adding on to that. So I think it's a, it, it's a, it's a f- amazing offer. So next week, my guest is Mickey Gambale from Innate. And we're going to tackle the important topic of replatforming. Uh, this is a, a, a big thing that I don't think we really necessarily know about and necessarily that we even think about and would probably think that there will be an impact on our business and the industry, the profession, as all the different asset managers are replatforming. So what does that even mean? What is the impact and all of that? So Mickey is my guest next week. So uh, join us then. So we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Uh, stay safe, be blessed and prosper. And remember to raise the ball. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Remember to check out the live show, uh, Propulsion Live, on YouTube every Friday at 7 a.m. South African time. You can find it at www.propulsion.co.za forward slash live. That's propulsion.co.za forward slash live. And please remember to subscribe, share with your colleagues, your friends, and anyone who may find value like you did in this podcast. Once again, thank you very much, and we'll see you in the next episode.